Log Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is June the 30th, 2014, and we are moving on ahead. We're getting ready for July, baby, and I hope everybody's prepared for next month. I got some great guests as well. I'm always trying to keep you motivated. Did anybody watch the awards last night, BET Experience? Did you see Nicki Minaj doing her acceptance, her acceptance speech? She kind of like geared towards Iggy Azalea. That was just off the chain. And um, I think during that point when the audience was cheering her on, and she was like, she said, no, 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 no shade. And and then she smiled at Lil Wayne. The comment about her own verses seemed to address rumors, rumors that Azalea, who was nominated in the same category as Minaj, employed ghostwriters like T.I., according to Gawker. Because um, after the quasi-plugging quasi her upcoming album, The Pink Print, Minaj said, what I want the world to know about Nicki Minaj is that when you hear Nicki Minaj spit, Nicki Minaj wrote it. So I guess that that fire back was on that little part, but wow. Um, other than that, I did. I, I love I loved the way everything was done with the old school taking taking it on back. I thought that was very grand on that part. It was it was a great little experience for everybody. Some people said they didn't like it, but I thought the BET experience was really awesome. Um, but anyhow, how how are you doing today? That's what I would love to know. I I hope everybody has had a blissful week. We're starting off on a fresh Monday. Of course, uh, of course, it's when the first of the month is due with the bills, rent. But whatever you're going through, don't let it stress you out today. You're here with me, so just relax and unwind for this moment of time while you got me on your side. But I will be bringing a guest on very soon. Her name is Andrea Porter. Now, Andrea Porter, she has the great novels out. They're very awesome. And one of her novels, it's kind of based on love and, and a little bit of a twist. Now, we all have been in love. We all been through the ups and downs. We have heard the, oh, I love you. Oh, baby, you're the one for me. I'm going to go get a job. You, you're just so beautiful. We, we all heard it all. We all have been probably played in our life. We probably even some players right now. You know, women like to be the players every now and then. But her book brings that all to reality. It's called To Hell With Love. And here to explain that with me is Andrea Porter. Andrea, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm glad that you're on the air. I I do write your book. It's it's kind of with a little twist, but it's all about reality, though, because we all have heard we all heard the little excuses <laughs> from guys. Women do it. Some women do it too. You know, we we hear the "I love you." You're great. I sure I haven't found that job, but I'm still sitting on your couch. You know, all the little excuses just to keep you going, to keep using you or something like that. So, Andrea, exactly. before, we get, before we get started on your book, let's get a little bit more detail about yourself, what it is that you actually do, how you came into writing. Um, 
Well, what do I do? I am a relationship writer. Um, I have been writing uh, since 2005. Um, I started to write because of, you know, the many um, different issues that women have in relationships, um, the many different stories that you hear from women, you know, about the, the, the type of relationship that, that they're in. Um, and I wanted to share some things, positive things, because, you know, mostly when you talk about relationships, it's so negative. And I know that my um, my novel, you know, with the topic alone is a controversial topic, and when people read that, they automatically think, oh, my God, you know. Of course, it's still with drama. It's a great read, but it really isn't what it is. As you stated before, it's a twist. Um, and... I just wanted to offer something in the in the writing arena that was a little bit different from what others are writing because, as you know, I write Christian fiction novels. Um, I write it to where, you know, women who have actually been in, 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 in abusive relationships, whether it be sexually, mentally, or physically, I wanted to have a positive um, pouring into those women um, to let them know that they're loved, let them know that they're cherished. And wanted to just offer something that's a little bit different, and I, I feel like I've been doing that with the last um, three novels that I've written. Well, hey, you know, and I was thinking about some of your characters in your book. So, what is your book really all about, Andrea? So, I would love. Um, it's about two sisters who lost their parents at a very young age. Um, these two sisters were betrayed by their stepfather as little girls, and now that they're grown women, they're having serious issues of dependency on men and at the same time very mistrustful of men. Um, this has led these two sisters to get involved in a series of unhealthy relationships that have broken down their self-esteem and self-worth. Now that they're saying, you know, they're saying pretty much enough is enough and wants nothing to do with love. But the problem with that is now that love has shown up, it's real love, it's authentic love, they don't want anything to do with it. And that, in fact, because they don't recognize it, because they've never been given that, they're at the verge of missing out on love. And that, in a nutshell, is what my book is about, without giving away the plot and twist. (laughs) Right. I love all the characters in, in your book, especially, like, with one of them, Tasha, Tasha the kind, you, you don't want to resist her. She's there for the pity part, but she's the kind, oh, you broke up with me, baby. I don't know why you broke up with me. It makes me think about certain movies I've I seen, like uh, one on Stump the Yard, Homecoming, and the girl, he broke up with her, and he was like, no, you broke up with me. And Well, baby, I, I didn't mean to, you know. I still want to be in your life, I guess, I guess to make you jealous, make the other woman jealous, that, that type of woman. I don't want to let you go. I think I can have anything or anybody I want. And then you got the kind, some of the women in here in the story, got the kind tired of the man just laying on his butt. Get yourself together. So I can kind of see where the tire come from, to hell with love. Yeah, because you get tired of it. Love is just, to, to some people, love is just a word. What is it, what is it really for if, you, if it's not really going to be, if you're not going to really do anything about it, some people just use it. Oh, I love you. It's so simple to say that. I love you. It comes right out. You don't even have to know nobody. I love you. <laughs> I mean, I think people it's just... true. Yeah, they do. We 
play around with that. Right. They play around with the word too much. But in well, what actually really inspired you to write this book? Was there any event that occurred in your life to make you want to put it out in this third book here? Well, yes and no, and I, I say yes and no, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, yes, I was inspired to write this book because I've been mentally abused before, so I can identify with these women, and I identify with women who have been mentally abused. Um, but one of the reasons why I specifically wrote this particular book, to Hell Love, is because I've come across so many women who have either been abused sexually, mentally, or physically. And I wanted to dedicate a book to any women who have been through any of these things, you know, to let them know that they're loved and that they're worthy and that they're cherished, that they're deserving of real authentic love. I also wanted to let them know that they're overcomers and that they can overcome these unfortunate and hurtful things that have been done to them by the people, like you said before, that told them that they loved them people that they trusted or even people that they didn't know, you know. I mean, because you get into a relationship and sometimes you think you know the person, but you don't really know the person. You know, you can be in a, in a relationship for years with someone and all of a sudden they just do a complete 360 and you're sitting like looking back like, okay, what happened? You know, who is this person? You know, I, I married a loving sweet man or I married a loving, sweet, faithful, loyal woman. You just, you never know. So here you are, you know, you're thinking you have the, the, the most wonderful relationship because I've seen it before. You know, you have, you know, you have the, the perfect uh, life. You know, you don't have a picket fence because that's everyone's dream. But, you know, you have the mom and the dad and, you know, everybody is together. But then, you know, down the road, you may bump into a woman who's saying, well, your husband is the father of my children. I've been with them for five years or X, Y, Z, you know. And so I've gone through, you know, coming across women who have crazy stories that they tell me because the moment they find out that I'm a writer, (laughs) the stuff that you get people to tell you when you're a writer is unbelievable. And so I wanted to dedicate that to them. And and that's one one of the things that inspired me to write The Hell With Love because women are sick and tired. Men too. But, you know, I'm an advocate of women. So if you hear me say women, I'm not admitting men because I know that they also have been abused, but I'm an advocate for women. My voice is for women. And we need someone out there who has a voice, but not only that, but is able to be positive with it too because we have so many negatives going around. You know, that it comes to a point where now you have to, even though you're in a negative situation, you should be able to have a positive spin on it. You should be able to get things out of it because all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. All things. doesn't matter what those things are. It works. And I know that in my situation, even though it was not good, as I said before, I was mentally abused, um, I was able, God was able to use that and turn it around. And that's why I've become a writer and an advocate for women because I know if he did it for me, he can do it for anyone. Right. And you do. You just have to, you have to keep that faith in you no matter what. Not everything that happens is good. Nevertheless, no event is that bad where you cannot make something good come out of it. And it, it's just like this. For me, my challenge is, I take what happens and make it something beautiful. Like you said, you got to put a positive spin on it. And it all depends on what you're looking for. If, you, if you're if you looking for that mountain, then go ahead. But some see no hills. Some see mo hills. We don't, 
We don't know, but you, you got to, if you can, try to make that mountain, try to make the molehills or mountain out of molehills or molehills out of mountains, whichever one you prefer, but you got to keep it positive. We got to do it for ourselves. And sometimes I think that's what we do too when, we're, when it comes to love. We're looking for somebody who wants to give that to us. Um, and, and Drew, we was talking about this on the job, my coworkers, about a particular person. Um, she's looking for love yeah. by you associating yourself with so many males that you don't know how to actually settle down because I think that you're looking for something that's absent in your life. Well, I should realize that. And I don't go into her business or nothing. I don't, I don't ask why you like all these different guys. I know that you like them to be at a certain standard. You like them to have a fit pack, be buff, look, they be male strippers, and they work out and all that type things that most women will go Google Gaga for. But at the same time, it's got to be a, something missing in between for you yeah. to be with all these different guys. And it is. It's yeah. absent love. It's got to be. Now, yeah, um, it is an absence of love. Right. It is. Somewhere it you is had to be in love. Right. And, and what that is, I, and, I, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead, Andrea. <laughs> This is getting so good. Um, and what that right. is, when you say an absence of love, um, the first thing, when you're offering love or say you want to offer love to somebody, I think Maya Angelou says this very well. I don't trust somebody who don't love themselves. Because, see, this is it. When you love yourself, and that's one thing that I had to come to in my adult lifehood, is that when you love yourself, when you absolutely are sold out, you're so in love with yourself, not a conceited thing, but that you love yourself. No one puts yourself in harm's way. You wouldn't actually walk up to a stove and put your hand in fire, would you? And even if it burns you, you wouldn't continue to keep it there because you love yourself. You know that that hurts. It's the same thing. You don't voluntarily want to put yourself, your heart into someone that you know because we know this thing. I mean, these are things that we're able to perceive in another person whether or not a person loves us or not, because, see, words are just words, and actions are definitely actions. And actions will always prove to you that someone loves you. But you have to love yourself enough first before you can offer love. And that's why a lot of females, you know, including myself, because I'm also speaking to myself, um, now we go out and we're looking for this thing, but we already have it. Because it's internal. Right. It's an internal thing. And that's what it is. That's what it is. That's what she's missing. She's missing that self-love. And now we can fool ourselves and cover it up with beautiful makeup and beautiful clothing, but the reality is until you look in that mirror and really ask yourself, do I love myself? You're not going to find the answer. Right, because we're looking at, oh, these guys are nice looking, but at the same time I'm looking at it deeper, like it's got to be a missing object in your life to keep going after these guys, and then when they – and and I do. I love her. I do. But it just I find it awkward when you meet them on that first basis. One say, "Oh, I love you. I, you caught me by first eyesight." Then all of a sudden, bam, you're going to where they're going to. Uh, first of all, to me, I'm not going to go no other state for you. I don't care if you meet me five hours away. I don't care how far we meet. <laughs> if you love me so much, you better come here to where I'm at. And I'm, and I'm sorry. If she's listening, I just have to put it out. You got to come to where I'm at, boo. It's not going to – and yeah. I, we all have done it as women. We always jump for these guys when they say, oh, I love you, you caught my eye, whatever. 
whatever. I ain't saying all that. You be, I'm not saying I'm not wasting no gas for you. You can love me all you want. You can stay right where you at. If you can't come to Georgia, then you need to move on. I'm going to do just like Chris Brown, what he said, Andrea. Deuces. That's what it's called. I want to hear all that. And then you just... And then what got me and Drew, you just saw her picture, so all of a sudden now you're in love. You just saw my picture online, really? You Oh, you just <laughs> fell right over here. Oh, my picture just really took you over. Come on with that. Really? What, yeah. was, so, what was so special about my picture that made you just go goo-goo gaga? Really? I don't be wanting to hear because these guys be running game, and I don't want her to get hurt, but I don't. I, I guess you just have to wake up and do it for yourself, but I feel like this too, Andrea. In order to be loved, you got to love and you got to respect yourself as much as others do. Because if you don't feel that, if you don't love yourself, and, and we we sometimes, Andrea, you know this, we can sugarcoat it and we can say, oh, I love myself, really? Do you really, yeah. really respect yourself or are you just waiting on them words? Because the guy yeah. can tell you anything. They, oh, Andrea, boy, I tell you, this topic again. So I'm glad you're on the show, though, because women need to understand that. They do. Yeah. We get played. We get sucker it's punched. Right, we get our feelings hurt. But we got to stop true. being a sucker. We cannot be a sucker for these lies, ladies. Oh, baby, I love you. Baby, you're the most beautiful woman in the world. Really? The most beautiful woman in the world? Have you been everywhere? China, Russia, Asia, Japan? I'm, I'm really the, a beautiful woman in the world. Come on, really? I'll tell you. And because we're, I mean, and you're right, you know, we really, you know, women really want to hear that. We want to hear that we love. But love really is an action thing. It really is. It is. I mean, for me, you know, it has to be action. It doesn't matter what you tell me. It's what you show me. You right. know, that's what's important. And a lot of us, you know, the thing is, is before you can even go out and say, you know, I want love, you need to heal. And it sounds like there's a, a healing that needs to um, occur here. Because it sounds like um, she's going from one person to another person to another person, never giving right. herself enough time to heal and, and really heal. Not just say, you know, okay, right. well, I'm over that. I've cried over it. I'm done. No, really heal. Exactly. You get to find out what you, what you love to do, you know, what you're willing to accept, what you're not willing to accept. You know, get to a place where you learn to love your own company. Check yourself out. You know, enjoy right. being you. You know, take yourself to places that you've never taken, you've never been before. Don't wait for somebody to do that for you because once you learn right. how to treat yourself, you'll know how somebody should be treating you. Oh, amen, amen, Andrea, amen. And you don't have to have a man tug up on you every five minutes. And that's how I feel, like I said, that's how I feel about her, like you just got to have that male assessment. No, you don't. You go out, you nurture yourself. So that's the first thing. Self-care is very important. It is. Self-care is very important. You got to take time to be by yourself, love yourself, look in the mirror and say, I love Uh I love you, I love me. Right. I don't need need to be around you 24-7. Now, unless I'm married, that's probably a little different. But she's not married. She's single. You're a beautiful woman. Um, come on, you got to slow your roll. You got to slow your roll. These different guys are just not the answer every five minutes. They're gorgeous, yes, but that's all they are. They're gorgeous, and they know they're using you. They are. They, they come over this bullshit ass. Excuse me for saying, but bullshit ass line. And I'll be listening to them. I'll be like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. I don't see no rain on no face. And, and people want to call it, oh, she's been a player. No, she's not. She's not a pimp, and she's not a player. She's getting played. Because, obviously, if you're going to where they're going, if I'm going from Georgia, North Carolina, then, obviously, I'm getting played. I don't want to hear that. 
you you yeah. are it's a dependency you thing. Hell on. Get the heck off all that. Yeah, no picture. <laughs> so, um, when you write these books, Andrea, um, of course your ideas come from what you already been through, but where did the characters actually come from in this one? Oh, the characters. That is a um you know, I tell you what. My characters it depends. Because sometimes when I'm in the middle of writing, it doesn't come to me until I'm actually in the middle, the, the character. Or sometimes I'm having like a hot topic, you know, like you and I are talking right now. And we may be talking what? about, you know, a friend that we mutually, we both know. And instead of using that friend's name, I will change the name and put another name. So say, for instance, I've actually ran into someone that I don't know, we're in passing, and they're telling me their story. I'll actually take something from that, and I'm like, wow, you know, I can spin that into a story. And that's how I actually make the characters. But I change the name because I don't want, you know, to put anyone's real name in any of right. my books because I don't want to, um, it's not, I'm not try, it's not that I'm trying to hurt anyone. I'm basically trying to share a story to prove a point to show a resolution. That's it. And, and that's how I come up with my characters. I just, it's from people that I meet, hot topics. Um, sometimes the idea will just come to me once I start writing, and I'll just start to plug um, characters in there, and then I start a plot. But sometimes I just start out with a plot, and I just, just put my little, you know, thinking cap on, and say, you know, this is what I want to write. Um, these are going to be the right. characters. This is going to be their, you know, and so on and so forth. So it's different things. It's not just one, you know, thing. Right, and I, I think writing is so good, especially if you have them irritating friends or something like that, like I could just write a story and just probably kill them off somewhere and they don't even know <laughs> this story, but I just got rid of you in the story. In my imagination, even though you still write with me, but I got rid of you in this story, so I don't even have to worry about you. So <laughs> I feel like writing, you can, you can just take your anger out through writing, like, oh, you get on my last nerves, I'm going to kill you off at the end. You don't even know I'm killing you off. <laughs> Yeah, some writers do do that. I haven't done that yet. I haven't um, I haven't got to a point where I want to kill any of my friends just yet. <laughs> I have pretty good friends. You know, they have their issues, ups and downs, and right. stuff like that. But for the most part, I have pretty good friends. I've been I've been blessed at least with that. <laughs> but no, I haven't I haven't um, I have not come across where I want to kill any of them yet. Maybe the guy the guy characters, yes, but <laughs> not the <laughs> I know, and I was looking at one of the the one who was dealing with Tasha. He was like, I just called her over. You know, I was upset with this woman. But at the same time, I was kind of upset with him because you know that she, you know she's going to try to seduce you. You know Tasha was going to try to seduce yeah. you. And here you talking about, oh, I, was, I didn't want her, and I know she's good in the bed. Well, make up your mind. Yeah, you know, you, yeah, is um. You can't, you can't get weak between the knees now all of a sudden. We can't knees it. And then holler, oh, now I don't want you stopping all that. Now the woman taking off your clothes. Come on. You know what you was doing. You know you called Tasha for that love. You're talking about Douglas. You're talking right, about Douglas. Daddy, Douglas. Come on. <laughs> Daddy, come on. Douglas. She's wrong. She's wrong. I'm talking about her lips are soft. It's supple. They sweet and sensual. And I can't help devouring them. I'm looking at this like, really, Douglas? Really? But when I was hurting, but I miss Michelle, so that's why you called her. Make up your mind. Which one you want? Which one you want? Because she down now. She's taking off your clothes, like I said. So what are you going to do? Want his, 
he really wanted his ex-girlfriend back, but she was trifling. Right. You read that part, right? Right. And, and see, that's the thing. If you want her back, then that's where you should have been. You don't call for nobody for no self-pity. You go. You need to bend out the house, and you should have been finding your woman, making your men with her. But, no, you are called Tasha, and you know what her intentions are. So, come on. That's just like a woman calling a guy. You don't broke up with your ex. Come on, his mind not on your ex. He he don't give a darn about that. So I'm trying to make this move. So what now? It's, Doug, it's a pricing for Doug. Douglas don't want right. to have to chase any woman. It's a pricing. Like most men, it's a pricing. You know, once they get over right. that pride, a man with some men, not a, some men, and I'm going to say real men too because a lot of times they have too many pride, wait too long, to go after what they really want. They they can't make up their mind or they felt like, you know, you should have been all over me, you know, you shouldn't have left me. I mean, it's so many reasons why men don't do what they like the last minute. Right. And then when they finally come to their senses, now they want you. Now they want to work at it because they see Tom over here really doing what he needs, really doing what you should have been doing, and now her eyes are not on you, it's on Tom. Right. And that's how they most men are. And that's how Doug is. Right. I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening. You do. You sometimes you be stupid. That's all right. It's all right. We know you don't. Yeah. We know you don't have no clue. That's that's why we when we usually have take over sometimes. But y'all y'all do. Y'all be a little stupid. But you know, I'm glad that you know he come to find out, Douglas, that it was trust issues right there. Cause you don't need to deal with Tasha. Don't keep going back to that same stuff. We know Tasha moved on. She got another man. She want her cake and ice cream eat it too. Like I said, women be just the same way as men. So that's how I felt about Tasha. Yeah, yeah she, she was trying to be. She is, yes, she wanted to be the player up in this one right here. Yeah, she is something. She wants him, but she also wants the guy that she's with because you notice she didn't let that other guy go. She, you know, she still had him on the, you know, on the cool, on the main guy. You know, people, I hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, he's the main dude and this is a side dude. What is that? Or, you know, she's the main chick and um, she's a side chick. What is, and so many women and men accept that. You know, some guys, they go into the relationship knowing that the woman is married. Why go there? Or know that the woman is in a serious relationship. Why go there? Same thing with women. They go into a relationship knowing the man is in a serious relationship. Why go there? And then when things get serious, you want to blame the man. No, no, this is all you. You can't blame the man for doing what a man is going to do, which is, hey, if you're throwing yourself at him, and he has no self-control because that's what that is all about, self-control. He's going to allow you to put yourself in that circumstance. And notice I said allow you because you're the one that's doing it. You have perfect control over yourself. No one can make you right. do anything you don't want to do. No one. I don't care how much you think you love that man. How much you think that man is fine and I can't live without him. That's a lie. You can say, uh-uh. You know, I like him. He looks nice. He has all the things that I think that, you know, I want, but he has someone else, so therefore he's not the right one. Move on. Exactly. Because, and that shows you that Tom, Tom do. We get dependent on others, but you got to learn how to move on, especially if you're married. I can't live while my husband. Yeah, yes, you can. You can make it. You can make you were making it before you met this man, and you could keep on making it. And it's just clear as day that God will show you that you can, because that's the only one you need to really depend on is God. And we sometimes forget that. 
say I can't live with them because I got these children. No. Honey, move on. It's called co-parenting. That's what it's called. Co-parenting. I can, I'll, we can, we'll see, you can see the children, I see the children whenever, but I don't need to be wrapped up in that. I don't need to take the abuse from you just to make it. And that's what sometimes the other person will make you feel like, oh, you're going to take this crap because you love me. Uh-huh. Man, please. And I do, I uh-huh. see it with some of my girls. I sit with my girlfriends, Andrea. They take the crap every time, and I get tired of hearing it. Cause I said I'm not a psychiatrist. You need to go pay your money, sit on their couch, and get and let them know all your problems. Because I get tired of hearing the same thing. And then when you give them advice, they go right back and do it again. It's like, why am I talking to you if you're gonna keep going back through the same thing? You like that, and and I don't want to see you six feet under, when that might be your yeah. only last word. Right. Instead of you making a change, I mean, because if he uh, and people, women, some of them look like they love that type of stuff. And I'd be like, why don't no, you just move on? It's not, it's not that because I've been there with the mental. It's, it's, it really right. isn't that you. It's a mental thing. It really isn't that we love that. I can, I can promise you that. That's not it. It's, if someone can have you so mentally and psychologically messed up in the end, mm-hmm. that is like a brain, it's like brainwashing. Okay. Um, It's like brainwashing. You know, they'll, I've never been hit, thank you, Lord, and I hope that I don't know anyone on a personal level that's ever been hit, and I hope that never happens. But it's like brainwashing. You know, you they, they, they tell you these things, and then maybe 30 minutes down, the, um, 30 minutes later, they're coming through the door with flowers, and they're professing their love. They'll take right. you out to wonderful dinners. They'll take you shopping. They'll feed you all this type of stuff, and... What I tell you, it doesn't happen in one instance. It's over and over and over and over again. And they actually separate you from people who can speak into your life on a positive, um, right. you know, spin that can give you that feed into you, that can mentor you to help you to break free from that. It's brainwashing. But once you break free of it and you actually associate yourself with, with other positive things, you mm-hmm. can then separate and break away from it, no matter what they try to tell you, no matter what, you know, they try to do, you know that you've been there, you know that there's not going to be any change. And that comes to a point where a woman gets sick and tired and sick and tired and sick and tired. They have to get to that point. So no matter what you tell them, it's not going to, it doesn't make a difference. Because I've said before, where I've, I've spoken into girlfriends over and over and over and over and over again, and nothing has changed because the change has to occur in them. You can't tell them what to do. So one of the things that I do now is I tell them to seek professional help. That's one of the main things that you'll hear me tell someone. Seek professional help. Someone who can, you know, um, give you what it is that you need that can even provide, maybe provide shelter or safety, you know, um, for you. Because sometimes it's not that they don't want to get out of it. It's that they're scared to get out of it. And that, again, comes with the brainwashing. Oh, he's going to kill you. Right, it does. Right, I do understand where you're coming from now. And it, and by listening to you, it really doesn't take a whole lot of smarts to really brainwash a person. But like you said, they just simply, they plan off, they play off your emotions. And I think that's what these women who I know they do. They make you, they isolate you from your family and friends, which I do know that part. Because they, one guy, he won't even sometimes let her come around. I'll be like, really? And, and, and they just, they play off that perception. They make you, they weaken you. They they uh-huh. just got all that control of you. So I do understand where you're coming from. It's 
And that makes sense. It does. It makes sense now to me, Andrea. They don't want to. It's not that they don't want to leave. It's just that they've been weakened so badly. Their brain has been exhausted with this abuser telling them over and over, you're no good. Nobody don't want you. You don't need friends or family. Yes, yeah, so I do understand now. It, it makes sense. So I, I really can cope now. Yeah. So I'm sorry from sending it the way that I was sending it. Because I was like, why don't you get out of this situation? But now that you're explaining it to me, I do understand. Oh, that's, that's so, that is, that's awful. Sorry that women out here have to go through that abuse. It is really bad. But I hope for the ones that they are able to get out of it one day before it takes their lives. Lord have mercy. But, Andrea, yeah. what we're going to do, we're going to end up taking a short commercial break, and we're going to come back because this this topic has gone beyond just her book, To Hell With Love, but it's all tied in. It is. So, ladies who are still on power, just stay tuned. Don't go beat your man just yet. Stay tuned because Andrea going to have to handle your situation before you go, before, before we have to go shake them or go AWOL on them. We don't want to go wild on them. So, just hold that down. Hold your, hold your grit, too. And we'll be right back after this. <laughs> There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Tacos, a cheese, and a large soda. That's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Wildfires burn millions of acres across the country each year. And each year, wildland firefighters battle to contain them, but they can't do it alone. For some communities, it's not a question of if wildfires strike, but when. And a single ember can travel more than one mile. As it twists and turns and floats through the air, that single ember can find its way to where you live and can ignite and destroy your home or your community. That single ember can be just as dangerous as the wildfire itself. You can't control where the ember will land, but you can control what happens when it does. You can take action now to prepare your home and your community for wildfire. Get fire adapted. Learn what you can do now to reduce wildfire damage later at fireadapted.org. Prepare, protect, prevail. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Learn more at fireadapted.org. All right. Welcome back to the Bright Side with Technicia. I'm your host, Technicia, and we're on with Andrea Porter, who has the book To Hell With Love. It's, it's just a different concept about it for all the ladies who've been abused, even the guys, too. But mainly we, we're focusing to more of the women because we get played quicker than you guys. You, sometimes you get hurt, too, but you can hold your own. It's us women who get it. We get done the worst to me, Andrea. And we were just talking about brainwashing. And Andrea was getting me to really understand that it's not all. It's not that easy sometimes to just get out of the relationship. You get your abuser, they just weaken your ability to resist their control. They tell you certain things. They make you cry. They make you feel like no one else cares. And then at the end, they want to threaten you. So I really can understand better now that 
she's opening my eyes to all this. Um, so, Andrea, what solutions would you have for, like, to give someone who, who may have been rejected and, and is having a hard time coping or just having a hard time getting out of a relationship that's so toxic? Rejection is a very hurtful thing. The last thing someone wants to, you know, to to deal with is, is being rejected. Um, what I would, you know, tell someone that um, is that they have every right to be angry because when you are rejected, it brings up an unusual type of anger in you. It's a type that is um, you have the prideful anger where, you know, who does he think he is or who does she think she is? You know, I'm this and I'm that and I'm all these things that you portray yourself to be, and you might be those things to yourself. You know, in your mind, you are those things, and that's okay. But the person who actually rejects you may not have actually seen those things. It's like, give an example. It's like you're going to an art show, and you may see a piece of painting that you look at, and you're like, oh, I don't know what the big deal is about that. Kind of like the Mona Lisa, everyone is like, you know, crazy over that. People pay millions of dollars for certain painting that I look at, I'm like, What's, it's the same thing. But you may have another person who has a keen eye for art. They know quality when they see it. They know a prize when they see it. And they're going to pay the price for that art. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with rejection and people. You know, people don't know your worth. They don't know your value. And because they don't know your worth, they don't know your value, they will reject you. It's not that it's you that is the problem per se. It is a problem. The person, the problem is the person who rejected you because they don't know your value. And really and honestly, rejection, when someone rejects you, that tells you that the, that's not the person that it is for you, that that's not who you right. want. And that's a good thing. Because you want someone who sees your value. You want someone that knows your worth. You want someone that loves you the same way you love yourself. You don't, or even more. You don't want someone that is going to, but oftentimes that is going to reject you. But oftentimes you run after the people that don't love, it. and the ones who actually come and are willing to lay their heart at your feet. Those are the ones that we're like, mm, I don't want him because he's too nice. You know, he's too sweet. One the one that dog us out. And what right. I would tell to someone about that is that you have a right to be angry. However, that will not free you from bondage. What you'll want to do first is you want to release that unforgiveness. You want to forgive that person. And the reason why you want to forgive that person is because it's the best thing you can do for yourself. Okay. And if you need closure, because oftentimes when a person walks out of your life, you don't get a chance to... Um, have closure because, you know, you either try to call them or you try to, you know, go to their home and they don't come to the door or don't answer their phone or return your call. They just kind of vanish. What I think that is, yeah, let them walk, but not only that. If you're still holding on to some things and you need closure, you know, um, one of the things that I love to tell people is write a letter. Write a letter of all the things you feel that you need to tell this person. Okay? Put it all on paper. Lay it out on, on the line because nobody's going to see that, but lay it down, release it, put it down on paper. And if you have to say it out loud by reading that letter, go ahead and do that. But then you want to tear that letter up and throw it away because that's the same thing that you're going to do. You're going to release that person. 
rejected you so that you can go on and live. You know, if you have to cry, cry about it. And it may come up, you know, um, two, three days from today, you know, he did this, this, this. Free of that person again. They pop up in your head, forgive them. Because it's going to come up and come up and come up until you learn how to forgive them. Till every day you say, Lord, tell me to forgive this person. And he will because I've done it. I've been rejected. I've had people walk out on me. And I've walked out on other people too. But guess what? The moral is, is that you've got to have so much value in yourself that when someone decides they want to walk out of your life, you rejoice. Because what that tells you is that they're not the right person. And you do not want to be in a relationship with the wrong person. And so you move on. You wish them well, and you move on. Right. That's exactly right. I think um, I was watching someone post up on their Facebook, one of the pastors, I forgot, was it, I think it was T.D. Jakes. They were posting it, and that's what he said. If a person walks, let them keep on walking. They weren't meant for, they were not meant for you in the first place. I'm not going to stop you because you got a mind of your own. You know what you're doing. If you want to stay, you'll stay. If not, then I'm not going to force you. I'm going to do just fine, and that's, and it boils all down to that. You have to start loving yourself. It's not about pampering yourself, going to get your nails done or your hair done, but actually self-loving yourself because that's what a lot of women forget to do. Yeah. We don't. We forget to self-love ourselves. We think just going out, buying a pair of shoes, that's loving yourself. No, that's pampering. You're you're just yeah, buying for yourself to look good. But you got to start, yeah. and it starts spirit. And, and it takes a spiritual route to do it because it's not just as easy as just looking in the mirror saying, I love myself. You really have yeah. to. Yeah. It's the whole spiritual cleansing that you have to do for yourself. Exactly. It's exactly. That's why I said write a letter. Write a letter. Right. With all the things that you feel that, you know, you should have said that didn't say and needed to say but couldn't say because you didn't get a chance to say what you needed to say. And after you do that, you know, move on. But as you said before, it is a spiritual thing. It really is. Because I don't believe Mm -hmm. that a person can completely move on without not spiritually getting to know themselves, getting to know, as I was saying before, your likes or dislikes, you know, knowing what you're willing to put up with and not put up with, and stick to that. You know, one of the things I tell myself a lot, especially when it comes on to relationships, and, you know, when I say relationships, sometimes it's not even a man and a woman relationship. It may be a girlfriend relationship. You may actually, you know, have a girlfriend who decided or, you know, a good friend that you had walk out of your life. What do you do when you've had someone that you know for years, you have a history with that person, you know, that's your bulldog, your ride and um, die person. You know, you you basically, those things you have, they, they either they betray you with whatever it is that they've done. What do you do? You can't hold on right. to that. You know, you have to release that too. You can't be angry with that. And one of the things I tell myself a lot is that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And for those right. who don't know what that is, it is something that the Lord has told us about ourselves. Because he is the ultimate one that makes the ultimate decision of who we are. And when we're rooted and grounded in him and what he says about us, it doesn't matter who comes or goes. Because you're rooted and grounded in him. Right. 
not the things that you have, because those things, they come and go, not the people that surround you, because those things come and go, you know, but a wonderful relationship that you have with God can help you heal any pain that you have, any and all pain. And the reason why I say that is because, again, I use my experience. And in my experience is I had to get to that place. I had to get to that place to where, I, you know, what I told myself is what I know that the Lord says about me. Right. Uh, so it, it, it all is so true. It is. It's hitting home right now, but it's so true. And, and these type of people, you just have to think of them like a character off a of, of movie or in a book. Once they're once they wrote off, then let them let them stay that way. Once they leave, let them go. They're just like they yeah. part of that story. Let them go. Bye. Yeah. Got to start. Got to start doing it. Yeah, and it's not that you're angry or you know um, ticked off about it. It's just that this story has ended, like you said, like the book. Their chapter in your life is closed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, and sometimes God would allow them to come back, but for a different reason, you know, because I've, I've had that, to where a chapter is closed and they've come back for a different reason. You know, maybe to come back and, you know, to ask you for your forgiveness, but you've already forgiven, so you know how to handle that, you know? So, I mean, you, you, just, you just have to move on. You can't hold on to things. I know it's easy for someone to tell you that you can't hold on to things, but honestly, to experience real freedom in life, You've got to learn how to let go of some things. It's like if you're trying to catch a ball. If somebody has something in your hand and someone throws something at you, can you catch that with something in both your hands? No, you can't. It's the same thing. It's the same concept with us. We have to learn to let go of some things in order to receive good things, positive things pour into us. We've got to learn to let go of bitterness and anger and envy and jealousy and all those things that create such you know, foulness in us to receive all the good positive things that is waiting to be deposited into us. Like real love. Still holding on to a relationship that went wrong 20 years ago. Then you have a a serious problem and you need serious help to help you overcome that. Because for 20 years, you've actually been holding on to that thing. And that thing is taking you away. And maybe every relationship that you've come into contact with, you can't, you know, um, you can't appreciate because you're still holding on to that wrong that someone did to you back then. And these new people are paying for it because a lot of times, you know, it's not the person that comes in your life that actually creates an issue. Sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's the things that we're holding on to that create that mm-hmm. issue for that new person. And we may do something to run that person off, because we're so scared to release whatever was wrong that we're using it and we're robbing ourselves of real authentic love. Because we're holding on to, I would say, garbage. Because bitterness, when you bring it into a new relationship, that's baggage. It's garbage. You need to let it go. Right. It will anchor you down. Yeah. It sure will. You have to lay it, it, waste of everything that holds you down. Right. 
you gotta you gotta let go of them unfortunate events that are happening. I, it's it's not healthy. And whatever no. relationship you don't want to, right? And and it has happened before. You yeah. get in these, That's get in a good relationship, and you 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 sabotage your own relationship because you're still going back to that what hurts you, and you can't. That's a streak. It's kind of like almost like a streak of bad luck. You you just mm-hmm. got to try to move forward. You do, and I know that's hard for some out here. You got to move forward. Now, yep. Andrea, you and that's what happened. And that's what happened to what? Gina and to Hell with Love. That's what. That's exactly what's happening with her. You know, right? She with her and Douglas. It's what's happening right. with her. She, you know, she has been in a series of different crazy relationships, and she keeps bringing her old stuff into these new relationships to the point to where the men are like, you know, if this is what you're going to be about, then you know, I'm going to be about that. If you're accusing me of doing this, then I'm going to do it because you're accusing me. You know, but then when Douglas came, you know, came through after he's gone through his, his ordeal and he's ready to give love and ready to receive it, you know, she wasn't ready, and therefore it caused a huge issue with them. And that's why they had that back and forth and, and all that drama that they had and that are that they are having. And so she's not able to recognize that, hey, you know what, this actually is the one. This, this mm-hmm. is the one that I've been waiting for all this time, right there in front of her. And ain't that like us women? <laughs> you know, the guy is right there in front of us. <laughs> Right, and we don't never see it. He's been throwing sixes all day, throwing rocks at you, and you still don't see it. You just know you don't got hit with the rock. What's going on? Why are you, why you keep hitting me with these rocks? I don't understand. He let you know, yeah. food that had either one for you, but you still over here with jerk off, letting them block your vision. And, like, it's just like part of life. We we feel, we we sometimes we fill our minds with this foolishness, and we don't listen to what God is saying. He be telling, he trying to send you messages. You still ignoring them. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but that's us. That's what we do as women. It's an unfortunate thing. Unfortunate thing, but we do it all the time. I see it all the time. Yeah, and I mean this. This book is good for any woman out here. This reminds me of the show that used to come on, Girlfriends. Each one got their own personality. It, and there's no way no woman will probably be able to say that she's not part of this book. I'm sure everyone has, every woman out there is part of this book. One of these characters are you. Guys, the same for you. One of these characters are you. I think that you can get this book, too. Don't worry about the heels on the front. You know, you can always just cover that up, put it up in your suitcase. <laughs> I'm actually dying about my books. <laughs> They're like, okay, what is this about, you know, so... I've actually had men purchase my book um, to find out what's going on. I've had them even, you know, call me up or send me a note saying, I love that book, you know, and they want to know about these characters. So what's this, you know, what's this guy issue, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it it doesn't matter. Like, you know, as Tynesha said, it is actually for men and women because you can Mm -hmm. relate. And that's how I write. I write books that people can relate to. I'm not into that unrealistic uh, writing, that that thing that you can't even, like, relate. Like, you're like, what? okay, what is going on here, you know? That's not, right. my, that's not my gift. I was given a gift to write, to relate to real-life things that people are going through because they need real-life um, solutions, and they need to hear the truth. But, you know, not hear it in such a harsh way. One of the things that I try not to do is when I actually put write these stories, I try not to come off uh, abrasive 
or come off judgmental. So my book, even though it's a Christian fiction novel, it's not judgmental. It's not preachy. It's a wonderful book. You're able to get it from Amazon.com, or you can go to my personal website, which is www.bmpublications.net. You can also get it from Barnes & Noble. So it's a great read. I recommend it for anyone who um, or have relationship issues or have never even had relationship issues and just want a good read. It's a great read, and not because I wrote it. <laughs> Right, this this is, if you've been frustrated, you just don't have the answers to it, this book will do it all for you. If you're ready to just redeem, the, the, just redeem the, your self-identity, the, the part about love, what it's really actually all about, then this book is really awesome for you. Um, so what's next on your list, Andrea? Are you doing any more books after this? Oh, my goodness. I'm actually working on two books at one time. Woo. Oh, That's awesome. a task right there. <laughs> so I actually have um, two more books coming out. I've been wanting to um, turn my first novel, which is Love is All We're After, into a play, but I have not come across the right people. So that's one of my hopes, one of my um, prayers, that I will be connected with someone who would love to turn that into either a play or a movie. And so that those are the two things that I'm working on right now. Okay. Well, I will definitely be expecting those. I still, when I get the chance and the funds up, I'm definitely going to get the other two books because Andrea, Andrea has two other great books, um, Second Chance and Love and Love and All We're After. These are some great, no, um, great novels that you came up with, Andrea. I love them. They are wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. I know I haven't read the other two, but after you read, after you read The Hell with Love, you you'll want to read them. So I know they're great too. I know they are. <laughs> they're so, wonderful books. They're wonderful books, and well, you can actually read the excerpt on my uh, website, which again is www.bmpublications.net. If you need more details, and if you're on Facebook, I'm actually at www.facebook.com. Uh, forward slash bold moves publication, or you can Google me, Andrea Porter, and it will pop up and take you to my actual um, website that I have out there. Well, definitely, everyone, go pick up the book today before you do anything that you will regret. Um, we're just saying get your self-esteem together. Don't always feel like you have to be in these relationships because he looked like he promising you the world or the same for you guys. You don't have to be in a toxic relationship whatsoever. So make those changes before you actually be committed to jail before doing something else that you don't want to do. So that's not the advice we want to give you. So don't go out hurting nobody. Feel like you got a punch. Just make the right moves. Make the right choice. Today is about loving yourself. And basically, the hell with love. If it's not there for you, then it's not there for you. If it's intended for you to be with someone for years on, then God will send you that person. I promise you, you will get sent that person in your life. Just sit down and pray about it. Take some time to yourself today. Matter of fact, everybody do that. Take time to yourself today. If whoever is in your life, just put them to the side and say, look, I just need some alone time. Because sometimes you don't get that. We don't have, we, we always stay busy. We work. If you got kids, that's enough. So that's all I recommend for everybody to do today. Try to get that self-time with yourself, not self-time with someone else. So, yeah. So just do that. Please pick up Andrea's book. 
And, Drew, I thank you so much for being on the show with me today and, and going into detail about things that I wasn't really aware of because I didn't know that this was a serious thing with most women out here. I thought it was easy to get out of a relationship, but I guess it's not for some. But I thank you no. for sharing that advice with me. I do. I learned well, something new Thank you for having today. me. I really appreciate it. And I'm glad oh, that you learned something new today. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I certainly do appreciate it. And, you know, we on Facebook and Twitter, so I would definitely make sure I stay in contact with you and, and keep up to date on your new books um, that you're working on. Please do. Please do. I'm, I'm actually following you as well. So, And I'm, I'm well, enjoying seeing what I'm seeing. So thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And, again, as she you said, so get that book. It's a great read. <laughs> It is. They better get it because I don't want to see nobody on Fox 5 or any other news station that get the book before you do anything stupid now. <laughs> but, <laughs> thank, but thank you. You. You, have, you have a blessed one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, today is our last day for celebrating Black Music Month. But you know I'm always keep playing um, music for you, but this is the last day where we can just really tune in. No one really has expressed what this month really meant to them. I, I expected you to call in, but since you did not, if you want to, I still have plenty more time on the air if you feel like calling in right now and just telling me what music you want me to play because I don't mind doing that just for you. You know, that does not bother me at all. I'm here for you. I appreciate you for tuning in with me with Andrea Porter, and I hope you do go out and get her book. It's a, it's a great book, To Hell With Love. It will really show you the light because we all go through the ups and downs in these relationships. No relationship is ever good. None of them is always bad, but... It can always be tweaked, and if you feel like you're just going through the abuse and you can't take it anymore, then it's time to step out and reevaluate it, reevaluate yourself. But I'm going to hit you with some Bobby Womack, and we'll be right back after this on Blog Talk Radio. You're tuned in to Bright Side with Technicia, and I'm your girl, Technicia. I want to dedicate this song to all the lovers tonight. And I expect that might be the whole world because everybody needs something or someone to love. When it's cold outside, who are you holding? You know, if y'all don't mind, I'd like to talk about this woman of mine. Back. Let's remember my baby's own back. And it's got a 
You're tuning in to Blog Talk Radio. I'm your girl, Technicia, and the rain is pouring down. It's so relaxing when you hear the, the rain or even just see the sight of rain. It is um, just being probably right down on top of your car roof right now and just letting it pour all on you. And it just makes you want to get comfy and snuggle on in. But at the moment, I'm going to let the thunderstorms relax you, too. If you, especially if you're in Atlanta, Georgia at the moment, just let, the, just let that rain go ahead and fall on down. That's right. Let it fall on down. But for, but for all my California 
lovers out there, or if you live in California, this song is for you. All right, we had to take it on back for you, California. Do you hear those raindrops falling right now? Oh, they sound so, 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 so good, don't they? Oh, I tell you, this is the perfect time just to get some good old rest, to sleep on in if you need to. <laughs> and if you're off from work, that would be a good thing, too. So I'm glad I'm off. I don't have to worry about going in today because, I don't really like working when it rains. I just be want to go to sleep, don't you? But we still got some more time on the clock. Do call in at 347-426-3751 if you think of your favorite song that you want me to play right now. But I'm going to hit you with a little Ray Charles, Rainy Night in Georgia. 
suitcase Trying to find a warm place to spend the night Yeah, baby And a heavy rain falling Seems I hear your voice calling It's all right
check out my guitar just to pass some time. Oh, 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 yes I will. And girl, late at night is so hard to rest. That's why I hold your picture to my chest. And it makes me feel fine. I feel pretty good now. Feel all right there. But still, this rainy night in Georgia, yeah. What a rainy night in Georgia. Whoa. I believe it's raining all over the world. That's the sad news. It's just raining all over the world. I know it's raining and it's raining in my soul. It's raining all over me. Let me know it's raining all over the world. You hear what I'm trying to tell you all? That's why I'm I'm just sitting here now trying to finish off this last little half pint I got, you know. And I, I don't know what I'm supposed to but you know, as I think about this and I feel like I know very well that I'll be alright in a little while, because you know, I can just get my hands on some sternum, you know, and uh, everything. I'm almost gone. I wish you would stop the rain. Somebody up there ought to turn it off, you know. Especially if this is raining all over the world. Uh, the rain is coming on down. You hear the thunderstorms behind me, probably. Now, it's raining as well as in Texas. Arizona not getting any rain, so we know they scorching hot. For the ones who may then know, Meshach Taylor, the actor best known for playing Anthony Berber on Designing Women, he, um, he died after a battle with cancer. He was 67 years old and my condolences really go out to his family. Um, he was he was in his home in California, and his family posted a note on his Facebook page saying, it is with love and gratitude that we announced that their darling, Meshach, he was an incredible father, husband, son, and friend, and he, he's now begun his grand transition. So, oh, I tell you, we're losing so many people. Life is so short, and we just have to take the time to start loving one another and stop all this arguing. I love designing women. It was a sitcom. It was about Atlanta interior designers, and he was nominated for an Emmy Prize standing supporter at the Intercom in 1989. He followed that role with a part on another CBS comedy, um, Dave's World, about the life of a Miami heroine columnist Dave Barry. Taylor played Barry's high school best friend and a local plastic surgeon. Um, he also played in the episode of CBS Criminal Minds. This year, his small screen credits, they included Buffalo Bill, Barney Miller, Hill Street Blues, The Golden Girls, Cagney, and Lacey and Alf. And he appeared in films such as Damien Omen 2, The Howling and Trance. And he's survived by his wife, actress, Bianca Ferguson, and four children. So my love goes out to him. He was such a great actor. As well as we, we don't forget we lost, um, 
what's his name? I had just mentioned on my show. Um, Eli Wallach, who worked for decades in TV, movies, and on stage, and he made a lasting impression as the scuzzy bandit Tuco in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, and he died on the 24th of this month at the age of 98. We lost um, lyricist Jerry Goff in 75, who penned such hits as Will You Love Me Tomorrow. Um, he died on 19th of this month. Yeah, you hear them thunderstorm. Horace Silver, a pianist, composer, and band leader with a tireless inventiveness who influenced generations of jazzmen with his distinctive hard bump sound. He died the 18th of this month. He was 85. Casey Kazem, legendary broadcaster Casey Kazem, who was best known for his work on American Top 40 radio show, which he hosted from 1970 to 1988, and he was 82. Ruby D, actress and civil rights activist, Ruby D died on June 11th. She was 91. Bob Welch, the 1990 Al Cy Young Award winner of the Oakland Athletics and the last major leaguer to win at least 25 games in the season, died on June 9th, and he was 57. Ann B. Davis, comic actress who played the devoted housekeeper Alice on the television sitcom The Brady Bunch and won two Emmy Awards as the forever single secretary, Soshi, on, if I said it correctly, on the Bob Comics show, and she died the first of this month at 88. Of course, we lost our poet Maya Angelou, a modern Renaissance woman who's about the harshest of childhoods to become a force on stage screen. The printed page in the inaugural dais died on May the 28th. She was 86. Gordon Willis, the cinematographer responsible for staring camera work and such film classics as the Godfather trilogy in Manhattan, died on May the 18th, 2014. Jerry Bell, the beloved crooner known for his high tenor voice, and romantic songs in the 1950s and early 1960s, died on May the 18th, 2014. He was 83. Don Meyer, one of the winniest coaches in college basketball who came back from a near-fatal car accident and liver cancer before closing out his career, he died on the 18th of May. He was 69. H.R. Ginger, Swiss artist who designed the cre- creature in Ridley Scott Sky. Sci-fi horror classic, Alien, died on May the 12th, 2004. He was 74. Elena, ba- Elena ba- Baltacha, if I'm saying it correctly, a former top 50 professional tennis player who had been fighting liver cancer since retired from the game, died May the 4th. She was 30. And I do apologize for the one previously. That was 2014 as well. Um, English actor Bob Hoskins, who is best known for his roles in Who Framed Roger, Ro- Ro- Roger Rabbit and Hook, died on April the 29th of this year. He was 71, and I didn't even know that. Some of the people they don't even suggest to you on TV. Reuben Carter, if we remember the movie Hurricane, the middleweight title contender whose murder convictions became an international symbol of racial injustice and inspired a Bob Dylan song and a Hollywood film, died on April the 20th, he was 76. Kevin Sharp, a country music singer who recorded multiple chart-topping songs and survived a well-publicized battle with cancer, died April the 19th at the age of 43. 
Gabrielle Marquez, the Nobel Laureate, whose novels and short stories expose tens of millions of readers to Latin America's passion, superstition, violence, and inequality, died April the 17th. He was 87. Puerto Rican salsa star Jose Chio Feliciano died on April the 17th in a car accident. He was 78. The Ultimate Warrior, 50-year-old professional wrestler who was recently inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, died on April the 8th. Phyllis Frelet, a Tony Award-winning deaf actress who starred in the Broadway version of Children of a Lesser God, died on April the 10th. She was 70. Mickey Rooney, an award-winning actor and Hollywood legend who appeared in more than 300 films and TV programs, died on April the 6th at the age of 93. John Panate, a renowned stand-up comedian who appeared in the final episode of the hit TV show Seinfeld, died on April the 6th. He was 50. And in this, in this November 22, 1989, foul photo, financial Charles H. Kington arrived to testify before the House Banking Committee. Kington cited his Fifth Amendment protection against self-incrimination, did not answer questions from the panel, the disgraced financer behind the costly savings and loan failure of the 1980s, died on March 31st. He was 90. Actress Kate O'Mara, who is best known for her role as Karis Morrell, the skimming sister of Alex Colby in the 1980s primetime soap opera Dynasty, died on March 30th at the age of 74. Hobart. Hobie Alter, surf and selling pioneer, Hobart Hobie Alter, created the Hobie Cat Catamarans and founded the Hobie Company died on March 29th. He was 80. David Brocky, who was as Odiris Urungus, fronted the heavy metal band Gerard, died on March 23rd. He was 50. Patrice Flynn, Hollywood actress and widow of swashbuckling screen legend Errol Flynn, died on March 22nd. She was 87. James Rebhorn, who played in Independence Day, he died on March 21st. He was 65. Lorraine Scott, a noted fashion designer and model, died on March 17th. She was 49. David Brenner, comedian, who became one of the most frequent visitors to Johnny Carson's Tonight in 1970s and 80s, died on March 15th. He was 78. Hal Douglas, legendary voiceover, died on March 7th at the age of 89 due to complications from pancreatic cancer. Harold Ramis, he was in Stella. He attended a a SCTV panel discussion celebration of the 50th anniversary of Second City at 1616 in Wells Avenue on December 12, 2009 in Chicago, and he died on February 24th. He was 69. Maria Trapp, the last of I remember, and second eldest daughter of the musical family whose escape from Nazi Occupy Australia was the basis for the sound of music, died on February 18th. She was 99. And in this 1978 photo that was ever taken by Janet Mikowski and released by Devo Incorporated. The band Devo, um, Bob Casal, who was in that photo, he died on February 17th at the age of 61. 
I don't know if anybody probably remembered that, but if you want to look it up, you possibly can. Um, Ralph Waite attends at the Walton's 40th anniversary reunion, the Wilshire Elba Theater, on September 29, 2012 in Los Angeles, and he died on February 13. He was 85. Actor Sid Caesar, who played in Mad, 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 Mad World, he died of October 2003. Well, no, he died in February 12th, and he was 91. And actually, he was there at the screen of the movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world. So I don't know if he ever starred in there. But he did star in another movie. I can't even think of it. But, um, yeah, he was a great little actor, too. Um, Shirley Black, if anybody remember her, she was an actress. And she died February 10th at the age of 85. So that's just a few of the people who we have lost of this year. Before we leave, I want to hit you with one more song, and that's by Whitney Houston, Umbrella Song. Call my name. 
Well, everyone, that has been my time. I do thank you for joining me. And for all the ones who are enjoying the rain, wherever you are, enjoy and relax. And I will see you tomorrow. So you stay blessed, as I always say. And stay prosperous. Stay all about self-love. Go out and spend time with yourself. Don't let anyone take that five minutes, ten minutes away from you. So do that just for you. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.